welcome back to my podcast series where I explore the natural gas boom of the past decade in the United States through the lenses of a small county in West Virginia called Doddridge County. With the emergence of a new horizontal hydraulic fracturing drilling method, the small county in the northwest part of the state has seen an enormous economic and environmental change since the industry came into town roughly 10 years ago. I'm heading down to the county to see for myself how the industry has affected the residents' quality of life and speaking to inhabitants and specialists with a wide range of opinions and backgrounds to get a holistic view of the gas boom's effect. If it wasn't for the oil and gas business, there'd be a lot of people out of work around us. Our, it's destroying our state, it's destroying our counties. It's the accidents have went, you know, the hit and runs, the, the crime rate, it, it's all went up. Do I want to worry if I, should I ever have any grandchildren? that they're going to end up with weird forms of cancer. It's been, they've been very supportive in the community of efforts that we're trying to do, and, uh, and they provide donations and support. I think a lot of the people that complain are the people that aren't reaping any kind of reward from it. There is no doubt that Doddridge County has benefited economically from the dramatic increase in industrial activity in the county. But it's no secret that some residents are fierce opponents of the gas extractions in the county, citing harmful effects of the practice such as a potential water and air contamination, increased traffic and road deterioration, property disputes with gas companies and more. This will be the subject of this episode as I pay a visit to a few residents that have a strong opinion on hydraulic fracturing in their habitat. As I drive south from Morgantown, West Virginia to Doddridge County, roughly an hour drive from the Pennsylvania border, let me tell you a little bit about the county that I'm exploring. Doddridge County is a small county in northern West Virginia with a population of roughly 8,200. Named after Philip Doddridge, a congressman and a lawyer from Virginia who traveled widely throughout current West Virginia in the late 1800s, the county is historically a farming, coal, gas, and oil-producing area. The industry, the oil and gas industry in this country was born out of the salt mining. You know, going back to the 1700s, people mined salt. That's Jason Harmon, the deputy chief of the Office of Oil and Gas at the West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection. You know, the, the people found that when they dug deeper to get more and more salt, they were getting this nuisance material, this oil, that they didn't have anything to do with. So what they would do then, the way they would dispose of their oil, is they would just dig a ditch and route it to the river, and the oil would just float away. Well, uh, people eventually figured out that that nuisance material was worth something to them. And they could use it for lubricants. They could use it for their, for their lamps. And Doddridge County, um, other areas of north-central West Virginia, they were heavily involved in, in, in that from the beginning. The county seal of Doddridge County has an oil derrick on it. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a long storied history of oil and natural gas development in the state that, you know, every bit of goes back to the 1800s. So it's been a long time. Now, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, Doddridge County has been heavily involved, Doddridge and Ritchie, they've been 
they've been involved in every gas boom, every you know oil boom that's that's happened in this century, and this one was no no different. You know they were, you know they were right in the center of uh, you know the the boom of the Marcellus, you know late 2000s, uh, early 2010s. Um, they were right there involved in the middle of it. I go into detail of what horizontal hydraulic fracturing is and how it's affecting the county's economy in my first episode with a great help of people much wiser than me. I will also elaborate further on its economic impact in my next episodes, but hydraulic fracturing is a method of extracting gas by injecting high-pressured liquids into the ground and splitting apart the rock so the gas can escape. In its original form, it's not even anything new. Hydraulic fracturing was um, a process that was invented in the 1950s. Um, I would say that since 1960, nearly every well in the state has been hydraulically fractured. What people, primarily these days, when, when, when they refer to a well as a, you know, fracking, or they're really talking about it in combination with another process called horizontal drilling. So that was when people really took notice, and that kind of started around 2007 or 2008. Nationwide, more than a million modern hydraulic fracturing wells have been drilled in the past decade. In Doddridge County, West Virginia, the number is obviously lower, or 857 horizontal wells being permitted since 2008. The industry has led to some economic benefits. I want more for my kids than I ever did for myself. If it wasn't for the oil and gas business uh, and the boom, you know, be a lot of people out of work around this. That's Cameron Spaur, a gas company employee. I speak to him and others in my next episode where I'll dwell a bit into the economics of this gas boom, but for now, I want to talk about why hydraulic fracturing is fiercely contested by many. I want to hear from some of the residents that have been vocal about their opposition against hydraulic fracturing here in Doddridge County. My first stop is Mariana Barham. Mariam, how are you? She didn't follow my direction. I, I know, I probably went like the other way or something. Around here, you can't really rely on GPS. But what are millennials like me supposed to do? You're supposed to listen when an old lady tells you, follow the direction. Right, I know. Okay? All right. As I walk up the porch stairs of her old but spacious timber house, it seems quite isolated from the highways and by any normal standards, a lovely tranquil residence in the countryside. Which is obviously an illusion as she tells me in a phone call weeks later that she's actively trying to move out due to this industrial activity in the area. It's a very sad thing. It's uh, when you think about everything that can happen, when you see your community being destroyed, it has psychological ramifications. It has psychological ramifications. It has saddened me to see some people that when they moved here thought they would die here and were forced into leaving and selling because of what's been going on or how their lives were impacted by it. And I want to leave something that's worth living in for future generations. 
Do I want to worry if I, should I ever have any grandchildren that they're going to end up with weird forms of cancer? I don't want that. Those children don't have a choice. As an adult, I have a choice. I may have the wherewithal to try to do something about it, or I may stick my head in the sand and just ignore it. You know, I, I don't have... I don't have a compressor station sitting on top of me. I don't have a huge well pad right in my face. And I, in comparison to what a lot of people are living with and dealing with, I'm pretty lucky. What Mariana is talking about is the environmental and health effects that hydraulic fracturing is set to have on the environment and health of the residents living near the gas wells and the operations around them. In my last episode, I broke down what sort of contamination badly designed and maintained gas wells can have on local water sources. Then there's air contamination, increase in traffic, noise pollutions and other factors that all play into the disdain that some locals have on the practice. It breaks my heart every time I see a water buffalo in somebody's yard. Can you explain for a second what, what a water buffalo A water is? buffalo generally is an indication that there is something wrong with the person's water well. For whatever reason, there is something wrong with it. And gas companies or, or you know, the drilling companies do not put those in a person's yard out of the goodness of their hearts. Something happened to destroy that water source. As Mariana says, water buffaloes are set up for residents who claim their water is polluted, has strange odor, color, or the like. The Department of Environmental Protection has received 189 water-related complaints in the state since 2010, 54 of them coming from Doddridge County. One case where there was an unequivocal contamination of drinking water was due to a 2014 explosion on an Antero well pad, which contaminated four nearby private water wells. In general though, it's hard to find scientific evidence of water contamination in the state. I hold no blame on the people filing complaints. Um, I mean, I, if, if you put yourself in their shoes for a moment, these are people who believe, right or wrong, that their water has been contaminated and water is necessary for life. So, you know, I, 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 would, I would never say um, that they have uh, an ill intention. They believe that their water is contaminated. That's Jason Harmon again. That said, our responsibility is to try to identify that. We, had, we investigate every single water well complaint and either we or either we perform the analytical testing or we make the operators perform the analytical testing. And um, in most cases, if not all cases, the data doesn't support the claim. You know, th there may be issues with the water. Um, you know, we see things like uh, bacteria. I mean, we see people who have, you know, incredibly high levels of bacteria in their water. And, you know, bacteria can produce methane, and, you know, so if they have a methane smell, I mean, it, it, it could just be bacterial. And then we look at the rest of their samples and there's, you know, sometimes nothing else in the water to, to support it. 
or you know we'll look at, at this sample and it'll be high in high in iron and nothing else and and it's it's groundwater chemistry is is exceptionally complicated it's variable over time if we take a sample of someone's water today it won't match what comes out tomorrow we just don't really have the evidence to support that yes there has been a contamination the science behind horizontal drilling and its effect on health and environment is still in its early days and more studies are needed. More on that later and back to Mariana who's taking me out to the highways and back roads of Dodgers County to show me how her environment has been transformed by industrial activity. Our first stop is a well pad situated by Brush Run Road, roughly 20 minute drive up north from West Union. It's operated by EQT, a gas company that's had presses in Dodgers County for decades, but recently been utilizing horizontal hydraulic fracturing, like on top of this hill that we're driving up to. Other gas companies working in the county are mostly Dominion Energy, Columbia, MarQuest, and Ontario Resources. It's hard to give exact estimates on who's the largest in the county, as assets change all the time, but EQT and Antero are considered to be the biggest players in Dodritz. EQT has been in the state for many decades, while Antero Resources, a Colorado-based company, did not operate in the area prior to the Marcellus shale boom that started in 2008. Today, though, it has the largest presence in the county. So. Each one of those signs you see there, there's one, two, three, four, five, ten, eleven wells up on this well pad. Okay. Okay? See anything? Don't see it yet, right? This no. was all hill. Like, you know, you're seeing over there. This was all full of trees. It was all hillside. Oh, yeah? All gone. So now it's, now it's just roads and uh, gravel. It's a road. It's a road. It's a super highway. I don't think it's a good idea for people to necessarily come on these sites. It's a dangerous place to be, okay? okay. Um, because there are gas well explosions. There have been situations where these tanks have blown up. Um, there could be a gas leak. I mean, it, it's not a, it, it, is, it is a dangerous place to be. So do you remember? Uh, do you remember when there's been? Has there been any? Has there been any nearby explosions? Uh, in Doddridge County, oh yeah, they've had um, they've had issues at some of the Antero well pads, where they've actually had loss of life. Um, so yeah, you're gonna get out. A short side note: If you want to see the photos that I took on the site. In addition to further information about my research, videos, and timeline, to get a visual feel of what I'm talking about, visit my website, gascounty.com, which is linked to in the podcast description. Now, Mariana is right. There have been some serious accidents around the well pads in the area. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, between 2009 and 2013, as the industry boomed, 15 workers died on the job in West Virginia, according to federal data. For example, in July 2013, five men received severe burns and two of them died in a series of explosions at an Antero well site 
here in Doddridge County. A spark triggered a flash explosion and a fire after a problem during the flowback process when drilling fluids are pumped into storage tanks. So this, this well pad is on David's, David's property. property. So at some point the gas company has approached him and asked to buy No, they don't uses. buy it. They Pretty didn't cute. pay him anything They for didn't it. pay him anything? Nope, because no he... No compensation? No. They can do whatever they want because the mineral owner and they have a lease to extract the gas. I gotcha. So he doesn't, he only has the surface rights. He only has the surface rights and he gets to deal with all the BS. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mineral rights and surface rights are one of the issues that cause a rift inside the community. In a nutshell, David Wentz, who lives below the hill where the gas wells reside on, doesn't own what's deep below his ground, leaving him with all the mess of the gas operations next to his house, but none of the benefits. And it's not only money he's losing out on, but something far more dangerous. The road, there's the road right there. Mm -hmm. So one of his concerns in the winter time when things might be slippery and stuff, then one of those trucks will go off that road and end up on top of his house. We continue down the road and there's enough of industrial activity in the area for Mariana to sigh at every turn. Driving through one back road, we arrive to a huge area full of bulldozers and constructions. Mariana is talking to some of the construction workers. It's really sad. This used to be, uh, the hay field here was beautiful. The meadow and stuff? Right. What the hell are they doing? They're building a well, a well pad and a compressor station. They're putting a compressor station up here too? That's a compressor station area. A compressor station is set up at 40 to 100 mile interval along gas pipelines to ensure that the natural gas remains pressurized. And the well is over there. Wow. What happened to the power poles? They took them out. <laughs> There's another part of pole. That's got something running off of it. We was trying to find it, and I thought maybe there was a cable running over this. What are they going to put? That's. That was here, I guess. There was a building there, maybe. Yeah, there was another building. I thought, oh, man. Again, if you want to see the massive area that covers the construction in front of us, you can go to my website for pictures that I took. As I said earlier, Antero Resources is the biggest oil and gas company in the area. Miriana doesn't hold the company in high regard, as I find out while pointing out to a large sign next to a farm we drive past. So the, the sign says, all well traffic, please drive safely, respect local residents, they live here, you are just visiting. Exactly. Antero. Right. And so, and Taro is the company that has the five well pads around here, okay? Now... But do they respect the local residents? No, they don't give a shit about us. We get back to Mariana's house, and she grabs the telephone to try to contact the authorities regarding a large smoke on one of the back roads. Hey, George, this is Mariana. Um, I was just up on Pig and Run. I don't know if you're familiar off of Rock Run. I don't know if you're aware that apparently the Rover Pipeline people are burning huge piles of brush. 
and they had, they had two piles that I could see going and the wind was picking up there and then the other thing that they're doing that I noticed they're not supposed to bring dozers in with the steel blades they brought it in on the road okay thanks a lot bye bye yay busted As I leave Mariana, there's at least one clearly visible consequence of the operations in the area. There's massive truck traffic everywhere you go. Data on increase in traffic is scarce for Dodgers County. The West Virginia Department of Transportation does report that the number of registered trucks in the county went from 9% to 26% of all vehicles from 2005 to 2015. Unfortunately, other data on traffic specific to Douglas County is unavailable, but to see whether traffic has increased, we can look at data from a neighboring county, Ritchie. As the county is of similar size as Douglas, and only slightly fewer hydraulic fracturing wells having been permitted than in Douglas, it gives a good idea about the traffic increase for the county. A report from 2014 shows that in 2005, 47 heavy truck permits were issued in the county. In 2012, a staggering 3,880 permits were issued for that same category. Understandably, repair and maintenance costs have also grown, increasing by 36% between 2007 and 2012. Vehicle-related accidents increased from 197 to 310 between the years 2007 and 2012. Between 2003 and 2008, only 11 heavy truck citations were given out, while the year 2009 alone yielded 75 citations. Now, property and severance taxes are partially used to fix and maintain the roads. And similarly to Doddridge County, drilling companies often resurface and repair the road they damage. The problem is that they do so after they leave, and roads are often in bad conditions while drilling is taking place. It's unsafe to walk along these roads. They used to go bicycling, and uh, the track team from the high school would come over to this particular road that I live on uh, to run and nobody, you can't even walk down that road now. I put my bicycles probably rusty and in the garage. I haven't ridden it for years. That's Lindia Ervolina. She lives with her husband Anthony right by the I-50 highway, surrounded by gas wells and operating stations in the vicinity of their house. My family, many generations, all the way back to the, the, um, the Revolutionary War, have lived in this, this area. So. I go way back. I moved away as a child, but always had we always had family property here. So my one dream, because I got to come in the summer times, was to come to West Virginia to live because it's one of the most beautiful states, and in one of the cleanest and most natural states that there were in this whole country. I decided we decided we wanted to move back uh, probably 35 years ago. My husband was still in the military, but I brought the boys back. And we found this beautiful house. I didn't know very much about Doddridge County at the time. 
Uh, only one family lived in it. It was built in 1917, so it is 100 years old this year. Uh, and what a horrible way for it to have birthday, because I don't know how much longer it's going to last. But um, that's how I got here. Just wanted to come to West Virginia and have a, a, a life in the country and the beauty of West Virginia and the nature. Lindia says the traffic is only one part of the problem. She says her family has suffered the consequences of what she believes is an undeniable air and water contamination from the gas wells and pipelines in their vicinity, especially methane and other chemicals creating a toxic environment for them. You know, we're all breathing that stuff. We start getting, our skin start getting really like it was burning and, and I'd be over in the greenhouse and just, you know, I couldn't even breathe over there. I'd have to come out and I could start gagging and everything, but it just felt like your skin was on fire and you'd have rashes and stuff like that and really heavy breathing issues, nosebleeds. My grandson was getting nosebleeds, but he started getting so sick I took him in and they thought he had bronchitis. And uh, they were lo looking at him, and the doctor says to me, well, how long has he had asthma? And I says, he's never had asthma. And he says, he, hasn't ha he doesn't have asthma? And I says, no, he doesn't have asthma. He's never been diagnosed with asthma. He's never had any breathing issues until just recently. And uh, I says, since fracking came to town. Lindia ended up sending their grandson to live with his mother. It's hard to pinpoint a definite cause of his asthma, Perhaps it was due to the nearby gas wells blowing up, but one thing's for sure, the constant truck traffic running past each side of our house could easily be the cause of the family's breathing problems. There are numerous studies nationwide that have found correlation between ultra-fine particles derived from heavy traffic and health effects such as low birth weight, asthma and other illnesses. I'm standing outside the Ervolinas home and I can honestly say that I would personally be bothered by the noise of the traffic. I've just seen at least four large water trucks pass by the driveway in the past minute and there's nothing quiet and laid back about this otherwise beautiful countryside at this moment. On my website I have a video interview with Lindia and other residents talking about the truck traffic in the county from different perspectives. There are also plenty of descriptive visuals in the video, so I highly recommend checking that out. Again, link is in the description of the podcast. For my next podcast, I'm heading into town. I want to see how the gas boom is affecting people from all sides of the society. So come with me as I talk to a business owner. I mean, it's helped our business. So it's made our county grow. You take it while, while it's here, you know, and, and go with it. A local principal. What we try to do each spring is have oil and gas classes for seniors. They can give them a certificate where they can go to work if they're hired in the gas and oil field right away. And a sheriff. The oil, like I say, the oil and gas business has really increased the workload. I mean, you get all different kinds of people in here, out-of-staters. Uh, foreigners, the, the drug problem has increased since that's happened. Thanks for listening. Music is from bandsound.com and freemusicarchive.org.